Hi everyone. I am so excited to be back for another episode of First Gen Friends podcast. In this specific episode, I have the honor to speak with one of my favorite money-making queen content creators who empowers people by sharing her low-income experiences, what it was like growing up, and also just sharing the impact she wants to make in the world through her own personal storytelling. We also got into how she's raising her little boy speaking Spanish at home and just how she wants him to see the world growing up as a second generation. I personally was so excited to hear her story because I felt like I could really relate to her on so many levels, being first generation, being low income, just knowing too much too soon as a child, but also how it's made us who we are today. So I hope you guys love this episode as much as I do. This is Genesis. Genesis, welcome to First Gen Friends. Thank um, you. So excited to have you here. I've been following you, I don't even know, like a like few months now. And every time I see your content, I feel like I'm FaceTiming with my best friend oh. because it's just so relatable. And you talk a lot about low income. So I want to get into that as well. In this Thank you so chat. much. That's like one of the best compliments you could ever give a content creator. <laughs> It's true. Like that's how I feel, and I feel like I follow a lot of people like that, where I feel like I could just text them and be like, I love "Oh my god, that. that was so funny." Um, but yeah, I want to start from the beginning. I love to honor our parents because they're the ones that came here, and they're the reason why we're able to have all these opportunities in America and create this gener- generational wealth. Um, so I wanted to start by understanding more about them. So where did they come from, and where did you grow up? So both of my parents are from Santa Cruz, Bolivia, and I grew up, I was born in Illinois, and then uh, we moved over to Virginia, and that's where I was raised. What was that community like for you? I would say it was pretty challenging, actually, uh, because we moved a lot, and so it was hard to even find and establish a community because because of our low, low income status, we were constantly moving either because my older brother got into trouble or um, the, the government housing was too dangerous or we were evicted. So in reality, there was no external community outside of my immediate family. Yeah, that was basically uh, what it felt like every single time. Like, okay, like it's time, it's time to keep going. It's time to, to move. It, it, it's funny because toward the end, um, we like, we had done it so many times that we didn't even put things in boxes anymore. We just would throw things in plastic white trash bags and uh, carry on. Like I have a vivid memory of looking over at my um, waking up, looking over at my um, older brother and he was just like scavenging through um, our, our, our white bag that had all of our bathroom supplies. And yeah, like it sounds pretty sad cause it was, um, but that's just kind of what, what we were used to. Do you remember what age you were when you realized that you were low income because I I feel like personally I knew at a very young age like I knew my parents had money issues from I think like the moment I was born honestly yeah I I think I always felt like different or other I always felt like I couldn't necessarily invite my friends over I think naturally as humans we compare and so 
if I'd go over to my friend's house, I'd look into their pantry and I'd see, wow, like they have so many snacks and it's just, right, you're a child, that's, that's what you look at. And um, wow, like it's so clean. Wow, uh, they have an entire home versus for us, it was either like an apartment or um, the basement of someone else's home. So I would always compare and just uh, look at theirs versus what I had. And it was always very clearly different. So I always knew from very young age that I didn't feel comfortable having my friends over because they, then they would know. Yeah, I felt similarly because I go to my friend's house and they had like a backyard, their, their own room, their own closet. Like mm-hmm. I shared a closet with my whole family and we lived in a wow. basement apartment yes. that it, when it wasn't a walk-in closet, it was like <laughs> you open the door and like all of our stuff was like stuff was sectioned off. Um, and it was infested with cockroaches. Like, yep. Anytime you move something, you have to be like nervous, uh, not, you know, and that's why I also wouldn't have friends over. Cause if you were like, yeah, I'm going to grab this cup. Like there could be, you know, so I was like, yeah. they're not coming over and you're a kid. So when you go over there, you're kind of just like sad. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And I always felt like, like, uh, my friends, I'd go over to someone's house and then they'd be like, do you want a snack or something? And I was, I was, I was always, I would always try to be mindful of how quick I respond because yes, I've been waiting for that question. Right. Um, but also, uh, I don't want to respond so quickly for them to think that I'm starving, which I mean, half the time, it's not like I was starving, but it was more like, I didn't really have the, the nice fun, like wants, right. I just had the needs met. Was there also a moment for you where you felt a difference in cultural your cultural surroundings I think sometimes I was super self-conscious of my mom's uh very uh very much her like just her thick accent right like I mean she's an immigrant and like I don't expect her to to speak English without an accent and so um yeah I would just be a little bit weary when she dropped me off at a friend's house and like her talking to other people because she would do a lot of what I think a lot of immigrants do is um like yes and then like they just smile and laugh and like uh just because they don't know how to address like certain things that they the other person might be saying so they just kind of say like yes you know and and kind of giggle and and I would always tell my mom mom like don't talk to her too much and and it's so sad that I felt kind of that shame around that like how dare I not allow my mom the space and time to speak um and so now when I when I am actually talking to someone and my mom's with me, I make sure to include her in conversations uh, and, and give her exactly all the time and space that she needs. And if I'm seeing that someone, because other, some people are really good at I like deciphering accents. And so I think because of my mom, I typically am very inclusive and try to, I don't pretend that I know what someone's saying if I don't know. Right. Um, so uh, if I notice that someone doesn't really know what my mom's saying, I'll try to clarify and actually ask my mom, not speak on her behalf. So um, just trying to be really mindful of those those situations. But yeah, I definitely was able to notice just things that were different between my family and other people. Was it the same with your dad as well? Or, or did they have um, different yeah. levels of English. Yes. It's funny because I, sometimes I, I assume people know everything about me. Um, I don't know why, but so my parents, they, they're divorced. And so mm-hmm. when I only talk about my mom, 
That's why. Um, because growing up, I didn't really have a lot of memories with my dad. Um, my dad also has a very thick accent, but again, I didn't have a lot of experiences with him. And so um, a lot of the memories that I do have are related to my mom. Did you have any idea of that there was this thing called the American dream when you were younger? And did you have one for yourself? Yeah, I remember actually, um, I want to say when it was when Hillary was running um, for president. And I remember like looking at my mom and I was like, I really don't want Hillary to win. Like, I was just like, I don't want her to win. And I literally had, didn't know anything regarding politics. And um, she's like, why? Like, why don't you want her to win? I was like, cause I want to be the first female president, but that's just like a very small example. Like early on to, I think when I was 12 or something, people asked me like, Oh, are you going to go to uh, college or something like that? Right. As people normally ask, yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to go to Harvard. And like, like I was just like, always like, I've always had very, very high achieving uh, dreams. And I just always operated that way. And I think too, because my mom, she, she would, she, she'd believe it. They would say, yep, yes, she is. You know, like, and she never said, would like giggle at it. She, she believed it when I said it. And so I think early on, I really knew that, um, you really can make, make of yourself who you wish. No, and I love that. I love that about my parents. Where did you end up going to college? I went to BYU uh, in Utah and I actually really didn't, didn't want to go there because I knew how religious it was. Um, but it was the best thing to do for my financially. Like, so it was like $5,000 a year for a really good education. Um, and that's where I met my husband and, um, it was actually a really, really good, good experience. You've faced a lot of adversity. It sounds like, what do you feel kept you going to just keep pushing for the best and for a better life? given everything that you've been through? <sighs> Maybe I'll say something that is a little controversial, but I, I believe in this. And I, I think that I never saw myself as the victim. Um, I think victim min- mindset is, is very real. And yeah. um, I never want to like shame anyone for being in that mindset because it's real. It's, it's right. And, but I think that I looked around my situation and I said, I never, I want to get out of this and I don't want to be here anymore. And, and, um, like that was the choice that I made early on that I don't remember like consciously making that choice, but it was like, I had no other option. This is like, I will not live this way. And so, um, I think what, what, there's not like one specific situation or anything that inspired me. I I do think though that I, I found a lot of escape within education. And when I would go to school, it was something that kind of stress wasn't necessarily involved in school. It was something that I felt very much in my control. I'd go and I just remember like this vivid memory of me finishing my assignments and everyone was still working on their assignment. And the teacher's like, oh, just go to the back and work on like tomorrow's. And that was something that I felt so much control over and it gave me so much, um, love for my mind that I truly actually think now looking back it's education is probably what inspired me it's like it's the one thing that people can't take away from you it's the one thing that that uh, redefines your perspective redefines uh just your outlook on life and yeah I I I really would say probably education and now as I keep seeking to like learn I find myself more and more and more empowered
I do think that I, 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 I was blessed with a gift to like believe in myself. And I want to say it's delusion because <laughs> my dad is very like homie will come up with like any sort of goal and there's no getting around it. Like he will do it. And, um, he's just like, watch. And so I think part of me is just, that's, that's, that's a gift that, that yeah. I just have this delusion that, yeah, I, I will literally say something and it will happen. And I don't care how silly people look at me. It will happen. And I firmly believe that. You know, that comes off, not the delusion part, but, but just your confidence in like, this is ma- a matter of fact kind of thing on your social media pages. Like when I look at your stuff, I'm just like, I'm inspired. Like, why am I not more like this? You know, because you're just like, this is what I did. This is how I got here. Here's what I'm going to do. And I think that really is just an inspiring thing about you. And I really love the energy that you give off. So it's great. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm happy that. you're doing that. And I'm happy your dad gave you that skill. Yes, or thanks, that Jen. Thank you, thank you. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like with my parents, it was definitely like, be quiet, like try not to rock the boat. Just let's assimilate and let's get through this, you know? Yeah, um, understandably. So think, yeah. And I think as I got older, I'm like, no, what the fuck? Like, we have to show up. Like, we're doing this. Like, even with this podcast, my mom's like, Loca. like what are you doing with this you know like she still doesn't get it and I'm like okay I'm not telling you these things because you're not very supportive yeah you do have to be mindful you do have to be mindful and yeah even like the other day I told my mom like well I think she she's trying to consider whether or not she's going to sell her house and I was like being the person that I am I was like why don't you not sell it and first put it up on Airbnb see if you can get some cash flow and and if that if that doesn't work out for a year then try um, selling it or, or then try long-term rentals. Um, and then if that doesn't work, then you can sell it. And so kind of trying that out, she's like, well, I'd have to fix like a few things. I'm like, mom, like that's, that's what's an, an investment, right? You, yeah. you fix it up and then you get cash flow because cash flow is going to be significantly um, better for your financial success than just like a one lump sum. You want it yeah. all just like cash flow over time so that it's passive. And so, um, I had to talk to, to her through that. And, and she was like, you know what? I think you're right. Like, so you, you really have to know how to talk to them and know the time and place because sometimes they're just not ready to listen. Yeah, it's true. And they're not risk takers. Like the biggest risk they took was coming here, but now they have to play it safe. Cause they're like, there's no way we're going back. Right. So I feel like Completely. that's something sometimes is on the back in the back of their head. Yes. And that's understandable. Um, so you have a son yes, and he is half white and half Latin. Yes. (laughs) I'm about to have a girl that's in a similar, in a similar boat. So I'm very curious raising a multi, a multicultural kid who will have generational wealth for my own selfish reasons. How do you plan to incorporate that into his life while also making sure he's aware of his privilege yeah right that we didn't have oh yeah oh I definitely think about it um so number one um it starts with his name his name is Benicio I want him to know that his name is not um like American it's Benicio and um I want people to uh it might sound silly, but like, I want people to struggle saying it until they figure it out because 
the more we try to assimilate our names, um, our language, it's, it's, that's how it fades. And so that's really important to me. So I started off with that. Benicio is his name. And then uh, the second thing I do is he, we only speak Spanish to him. And at first my husband, he's white. Right. And he'd always be like, Oh, that'd be really difficult. My husband, thankfully he served a, an LDS mission in Argentina for two years. So he was very familiar with just like Latino culture and, um, speaks, uh, Spanish. So he was like, Oh, I don't know if I can do it. Like blah, blah, blah. And I was, I was stubborn. I was like, well, I'm going to talk to him in Spanish. And every time he would try to talk to him in uh, English, I'd correct him. And um, now we're both very much used to talking to him in Spanish. Um, and there's so many times throughout the day, for example, he'll be like, mama, cookie, please. Mama, por favor. Like, porfa. And like, he, but he'll always say like the English version first. And I correct him. And obviously I say correct very fluidly. Like he's not doing anything wrong, but I tell him, thank you. Like, thank you for speaking English. Please, like, and I say this in Spanish, thank you for speaking English, but we don't speak English at home. We speak Spanish. Can you try again? And so, um, or if he says cookie, I'm like, I don't know what that is. And so I just kind of play <laughs> dumb. Like, and so I just, I, that's what my parents did and it worked great for us. And um, language is something that, you know, is, is among the easier things to teach. And I anticipate taking him to Bolivia, um, every, every probably like three to five years so that he's familiar with our family out there. Um, when I speak Spanish to him, I make sure to, uh, you know, there's certain like parts of a language that maybe I'm going to understand versus a Colombian is not going to understand because like, and vice versa. And so making sure that even, uh, little sayings from the actual like Santa Cruz location, that area. Um, I'm also teaching him that as well. And so um, I don't anticipate as for like the privilege piece. Uh, I don't, I try not to tell him, Oh, well, like other people don't have this, you know, just kind of classic, like our parents did. I actually just want to teach him humility and gratitude because I think that's truly what they were trying to teach us, but in a sh kind of almost shameful way, like guilt way, like, oh, you should be grateful because other people don't have this. I want to do it more so. No, like we are grateful. And so every time I do something small for him, I like he, I ask him to say thank you um, or like other people. Like I, I say thank you. I don't like to tell him say thank you. Um, I, I instead show the example to other people and say thank you so much for X, Y, Z for Benny. And so um, that's 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 a, a little bit of a lot of it. <laughs> and so um, I'm really I'm really enjoying, though, kind of deciding how I want to parent him uh, to just to be uh, multidimensional when it comes to his culture um, and appreciation for it. Yeah, that's something that I definitely want to figure out myself because I'm like, I'm going to want to buy her everything and just like give her the life that I didn't have. But then you've seen that happen and play out before where then they just become like, assholes yeah because <laughs> they're like i want this i want that right so i'm like we're gonna have to figure out a way to not shame them because i don't want to do that either no, where yeah. i'm like i didn't have this and i'm giving it to you um because my mom did that and just finding that like medium like middle ground for them oh yeah be really kind to other people and just show them what it's like to be kind and appreciative so to your point just show be the example 
Completely. And, and it's even like, uh, sometimes he'll throw his clothes on the floor. I'm like, no, we take care of them. Right. He's like this three-year-old, right. He's like chucking it on the floor. I'm like, my goodness, where are you learning that? And, um, I'll, I'll tell him like, no, we take care of our things. And, and just such small pieces that are, of course, important for, for obedience and cleanliness. Um, but I think all those small pieces tie into um, gratitude. What has inspired you personally to be so open about money and sharing so much about it on online? He literally walked in, opened my door, Aww. and is now standing at my door. Cute. Yeah. He's so cute. Um, oh, it's a little voice. What has inspired me to be so open about money? To be honest with you, there's so much shame that I grew up with when it came about him about money, right? It was just I was just constantly burdened by this idea that, oh my gosh, people are going to catch me. They're going to know that I'm don't live in the, I'm not going to the front door of this house. I'm going to the basement. They're going to catch me like living in uh, a government, government housing. Like they're going to catch me. It just felt like it was something I was constantly trying to hide, which really prevented me from making good friends because in order to have good friends, you need to spend time at their homes or, 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 or our home and, and whatever it was. And so I felt like I was not able to I was not able to um, pursue those friendships because of all this shame. With all that shame, I've just realized I want to be the person that kind of open, like talks about uh, my low income status. Um, and of course, I wish I could have been at that age where I talked about my low income status, but you are significantly less brave at that point. But essentially, I, I, I want to be the person that kind of opens that conversation to people. I would love to be the person that... When people think of low income status, I want to be the face. Like I, there's just no shame around it. And what I've realized now as I've uh, like, like lost money, gained money, invested money, all these things is that money is, we all have financial journeys, which means that sometimes we're going to have a lot of it. Sometimes we're not. And sometimes we're going to be really good at paying off our credit card. Sometimes we're not. And so all of that being put together, it's, there's no shame associated with it because like everything, our career too, that changes and that fluctuates. And sometimes we're really proud of our title. Sometimes we're not. And so uh, there should not be any shame around when it's all about progress. We're all trying to do the same thing. I wish I had someone like you when I was younger and low income. Thank you. I watch your videos. I feel like my inner child is like healing. Do you know what oh I mean? Gosh. Like it, that's how I feel. Like I still feel like it's almost nostalgic in a way. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, me too. You know? And the fact that you're so proud and you're able to be like, look where I can't, where I am now. Like, it's okay. Like, we didn't have that when we were younger, we were just filled with shame and like, am I ever going to get out of this? Like, am I ever going to have money? Like that was my dream to just be able to, go to the grocery store and not look at the prices. And now I get to go to the grocery stores and I'm like, I want this. I'm buying it. You know? I love that. Yeah. Oh, and it's, it's just the simple things. And yeah. um, no, I, I appreciate all that. I, I really dream to, to reach the people that need to be talked to and just no shame. There's no shame. What kind of impact do you feel like you've made so far 
during this journey. Uh, I, it's interesting because I think as a content creator, uh, you're actually so hard on yourself. Um, you're like, oh, well, you, you, you always want more. And, um, but what I've realized is even like hearing you say like such nice things, you say you're kissing my butt, but like, I th- sometimes you need to hear it. Like, cause it's hard to manage like my nine to five, my social media, my other projects, my family life. And so at the end of the day, I need to realize and remember that the reason why I'm doing this isn't like for followers. It isn't for likes. It isn't for comments. It's, it's because I, that's my voice and that's what I want to share. And, um, I'm, I'm figuring out who I am throughout the process. And as for impact, I know that I have really opened up the conversation for a lot of people because they message me. And I think that means so much to me. People think sometimes that I won't respond to their messages. If I don't respond, it's actually because I haven't seen it. Um, so I always tell people to like bump the message and, and then I'll see it, which I do. And it really means the world to me. So I, I, I think that, yes, I'm on social media, but I, I haven't even dabbled in the kind of impact that I want to reach. Definitely just the beginning, I have a feeling. And yeah. that's why I was just so excited to have you on because I'm like, you see all these like financial, you know, Latinx, Latino and Latino women talking about finances and like how to use do your money and all that stuff. But I think what also really helps and what I really like about you specifically is the relatableness of your upbringing and where you came from. And you're able to tell those stories and tie them back to now. And I Thank think you. that's what makes it so meaningful. Thanks. You're not just like, here's the five things you should do to maximize your 401k. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm already doing that. Just tell me your traumas. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's all process. We're all figuring it as, out as we go. So I have some really fun projects that I'm excited about that I can't share yet. But I'm like, yeah, I just feel like when you're this delusional, like I'm telling you it is incredible and I I do I do want to like acknowledge it's not just me and I could say it's the universe but truly I like I'm a religious person and I pay tithing and all the things and so um like I do truly do believe that like God has aligned things for me and there's doors opening that I'm like wow that was really easy and even I was talking to, to someone that that is helping me with this project and I was like man, this, this feels really easy. And they're like, you know, it's not typically not typically the first person you reach out to is not, it's, they're going to reject you. And so, um, it just being delusional for so long now, this is how it becomes easy. This is the point where it becomes easy. And I I just wish more people would practice that delusion and be like, yep, this is what I'm going to do. Then they take steps toward it and then they do it. And then they're like, okay, what's next? Then they do that again. And they keep doing it. And it's just kind of insane. My last question for you. Yes. What advice would you give to other first generation low income? Or what advice would you give to your younger self? You can choose whichever one you want to answer. I think when you're little, you don't have a lot of confidence because you haven't really seen a lot of uh a lot of obstacles in your way to showcase that confidence. And I guess what I would say is uh, start building that confidence now and don't have that shame 
around your low income financial status. Like bring, bring a friend over. And if they don't like you afterwards, good for you because that's not a friend that you want. And so I wish that I had more people over to my house. I think that people would actually uh, start to love me more because I was showcasing my full authentic self, including the things that are around me that don't define me and have nothing to do with me and my character and whatever it is that, that, that is me as, as an authentic person. And so um, I would say do that thing and do it scared. And yeah, just don't be afraid. Talk about how your mom like works multiple jobs. Talk about your parents' divorce. Bring that up in conversations. Don't be afraid of it because that's your reality. <music>